Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today I'm joined by Justin Wells. And if it's Thursday, means it's time for 10 questions. Justin, we got a little bit more team to talk about, but there's always recruiting going on in July. Uh, you ready to talk a little Big 12 and uh, what's going on on the trail? Yeah, man, let's let's do this, man. July, it's hot. We're hot. Let's do this. Perfect. Well, it'll be hot in Arlington, but uh, it'll also be air-conditioned inside AT&T Stadium. Um, there will be several Longhorns there, but the Big 12 released the other day the preseason all-conference team. Jalen Ford, preseason defensive player of the year. He was joined by Kelvin Banks, <clears throat> Xavier Worthy, Jatavian Sanders, and Byron Murphy. Were any Longhorns snubbed? Yes. I think Jaron Thompson was snubbed. I think that's a guy that should have been in this conversation absolutely at at, um, at safety. I, you can make a case for Ryan Watts. I know there's some guys returning, which I think has a lot to do with it. But I think Ryan Watts can make a case to be on this as well. And Christian Jones. I think Christian Jones is a guy that honestly is as good a right tackle as any in the, in the conference right now. I think he's overlooked a little bit. So, yeah, there was a handful of snubs in my mind. But but honestly, I thought they got most of it right, which is surprising because usually uh, the, these lists are so arbitrary. But, yeah, those are my snubs. What about you? Yeah, I'm trying to think of um, – I think they got everybody who needed to be on the team on the team. Um, yeah. uh, you know, fullback, like – there's only one team that runs a fullback, so good for Ben <laughs> Sennett of, of Kansas State. Um, you know, when I'm looking around the conference and I see Kingsley, Sue, Matia, uh, uh, BYU, Cooper BB, Kelvin Banks, like those three have to be on there. Um, and then the other two, it's kind of, you know, what what can you find? And they chose a Kansas offensive lineman and a West Virginia offensive lineman, and uh, those are going to be some – uh, interesting spots. Honestly, the only snub that I can really think of looking at this whole roster might be Bird Auburn and Griffin Kell for TCU. <laughs> Griffin Kell hit some really clutch kicks last year. I mean, we all remember the Baylor fire drill. Um, you're not a playoff team without a, a good specialist, but man, Bird Auburn did his job as well. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's the preseason. Uh, it's not that big of a that you know snub uh, to to look at it this way, but. I think they did a decent enough job. However, question two, Xavier Worthy was the only unanimous selection. Who else should have been on there? And I have got a diatribe, but I will let you go first. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to let you spill it out because it starts with Kelvin and it ends with Banks. And I want to know who the hell is voting on this crap that doesn't think he's unanimous. Deliver, Joe. So – I think so. I have two players, one Longhorn and one other Longhorn. Well, I think Kelvin Banks is deserving, who should have been unanimous. And I think there's really no excuse that they weren't unanimous, even if you're a Cincinnati media member or a BYU media member, because remember, this is voted on by the media. Jalen Ford was a third team All American and was second in the league in, in tackles, probably should have been defensive player of the year last year. And there are one, two, three linebacker spots. You're telling me that even if the extent of your research, which for a lot of people, the extent of their research is going to player bios and reading, oh, he was first team all conference. Oh, he was third team all American. You yeah. see that and compare it to the rest of the people in this conference and you don't put Jalen Ford on there. That's just laziness. 
And the other person who arguably, I think, has a better argument, bad sentence, but to be a unanimous first team selection is K-State's Cooper Beebe. He was a first or second team All-American. He was the offensive lineman of the year. And there were people who didn't include him on their ballot. I, it's not really a thing about Cooper Beebe, who's a phenomenal player, is going to be a problem on that K-State offensive line and yeah. Colin Klein's offense. But it's just about if you're that lazy to where you're bio reading and you see first-team All-American and that doesn't even do it for you, then some I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. And, uh, you know, we try to be as informed as possible. I can't say I watch Iowa State's TJ Tampa tape. But I know he's good. But come on, let's just think for a second. If it's a guy's bio says All-American and Offensive <laughs> Line of the Year, maybe he should come back and maybe be, a, you know, one of your choices in the preseason. We're handing out too many ballots, Joe. That's where we're at. But we're not – at least we're not in Major League Baseball Hall of Fame voting – area yet at least we're not in that sort of realm of of voting disgust the stakes are much lower yes yes but at the same time not everyone needs a ballot not everyone deserves one not everyone earns one and uh no i'm with you 100 percent, brother calvin banks to me he's not unanimous what are you talking about come on dude and you made a great point with bb all right Number three, what do you think the biggest storyline for Texas coming out of Big 12 Media Days is going to be? We've been kind of talking about the same thing team-wise for the past month, and that's mostly because we don't hear from Steve Sarkeesian often. He was on uh, Greg McElroy's Always College Football podcast, and there was some new insight, but a lot of the meat and potatoes was the same. This is a place where storylines can get established, and there's a lot of new and looking forward to preseason camp coming up. So what do you think the biggest storyline for Texas is going to be exiting Big 12 Media Days? I think it's going to be a narrative created by the media that are there that Texas is trying to win the Big 12 and become back in the process before they head off to the SEC. So I think every non-Texas media member is going to look at that angle at some point. Hey, that, you know, Texas is going to claim their back. They're going to, they, they want to go out in style. They want to win the Big 12, you know, go, go out running. But the truth is, only non Texas media members are going to push that narrative. Only, only guys that aren't necessarily on the ground as much or as local or as involved as, as we and others in this market are, are going to feel that way. Because this, 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 that, that's something we don't really mess with anymore because it's silly. It's not, it's not about being back. It's about who has the best roster in 2023. Who can put together the best package for, for this season. And, and, and right now, Texas has that best roster in the Big 12. It should be. They have the best roster in the conference. That should be the, the, one of the biggest storylines. And, and, and everything that's building up to it. But you, you look at the non-Texas guys, and you're going to hear this whole, they're going to claim their back, and they want to go out of the Big 12 in style. Yeah, Steve Sarkeesian has made no – he has not hidden the fact that he wants to win the Big 12, but there are going to be a lot of people there who just continually ask, are you looking forward to next year? Are you looking forward to next year? Are you looking forward to next year? Um, it's been touched on throughout the you know Texas Fight Tour and Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, he's been facing these questions since it was announced back in 2021. Yeah. And it makes sense. It's a big deal. Texas is switching conferences, and it's going to the SEC along with Oklahoma. 
but they're going to get these answers that I don't think they're going to like where, you know, Hey, wait, what, oh, what year is it? Oh, 2023. Yeah. We're, we're trying to win the big 12. That's what they're going to get. Um, yeah. They will get some, I guess they'll, they'll get a bone thrown their way because what Steve Sarkeesian typically says is like, look, I just try to build the best roster. I try to build the best roster I can, no matter what league I'm in. It just so happens that this approach is used elsewhere in the sec. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it'll be fun. I, I'm looking forward to some of the, the smaller details. This is the big, how's he doing? How's he doing? How's he doing weekend? Um, and that's great. Helps us put some of the puzzle together. Uh, but I'm really excited to, to get up to Arlington. And, you know, it's always fun walking around Jerry World. All right. Speaking of Arlington, this one's a little bit bolder. About five months from now, there's another thing going on in Arlington. That's a Big 12 title. So do you think we will be making a return trip to Arlington come December? I do. Actually, I do. Um, I haven't felt that way since probably 2018, but I do. Uh, This team is, 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 there's a lot of things lining up for this group right now. Uh, There's a lot of quiet confidence among this, among this program. Um, And Sark, you can just tell it. Like you said, I watched his uh, podcast with Greg McElroy yesterday and you can tell, you know, he's got a he's got a quiet confidence about him. He knows he's got a good bunch of guys. He knows they've been building up to, I feel like, this year. I feel like a lot of times people think, well, what's he got in his third year? Because that gives you a chance to basically turn over the roster, get in your guys, and hopefully develop and implement kind of what you want to do. This is the year to show that. And so I would be – mildly surprised if we're not back in Arlington in, in, in December for the big 12 championship. I think, I think Texas is clearly the best roster to do that. Now you got to go through the, the conference. You got That's something you have to, you have to obviously accomplish it, but that's I guarantee you um, if they're not back in Arlington in December, something went wrong. Yeah. It's, you know, the ball bounce, it's an oblong shaped ball. It's a weird thing. It can bounce a weird way, but this is a team that should be able to be playing for a big 12 title. And the team last year really flawed, uh, you know, had to play its backup quarterback for a few games and still was one game away. You know, if, if Kansas had beaten Kansas state, man, they gave a good effort. And Texas is facing TCU in that big 12 title game and, and not Kansas state who went on to win it. So I, I think they'll make it to Arlington. That's as far as I've been willing to go. I'm not saying, yeah, they're winning the Big 12 title because there's so much to go. Um, And there is that little bit of like, well, it's been tough. And while past performance is not an indicator of future results, it's it's hard to shake that. Uh, But getting to Arlington is very, very feasible for this team. Um, All right, switching it up to the recruiting trail. Texas on July 4th, two days ago, picked up a commitment from tight end Jordan Washington. What do you think his best attribute as a player is? As a player, um, I my first thought would be that, that you know he's a that, that his basketball talent translates in football and vice versa. You know how I feel about those kids, and he's that quintessential tight end that can play in the, on the block, and I love that about him. But his best attribute is that he likes to hit. Most tight ends they get this mindset that they want to be sort of pseudo receivers, pass catchers for the most part, catch touchdowns, get your name in the paper. Get, get, you know, get a kiss from your girlfriend. The old, the new age tight end needs to remember you still got to hit people. This guy likes to hit. And so he's not just your typical, you know, flex out type of guy. He's an inline guy. He will mix it up. 
And at 6'4", 220 pounds, he has the frame to get to 240, 250 with ease. His best attribute, I think, is coming from playing basketball and how it translates on the football field. But, man, I, I have – it's hard to, 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 to ignore the fact that he loves to block. He loves to mix it up. And no tight end coach likes that better than a guy that likes to do both. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think it's great that he that he's already pretty physically inclined, likes doing that, because once he puts on, once he gets to 240, something like that, that's only going to uh, manifest itself more on the field. So yeah. he's got good receiver ability. And like you said, if he's playing basketball, he's got good feet. But if he's already ready to go ahead and start mixing it up, because we've seen receiver tight ends at Texas come to Texas and not really have the ability to do that, uh, not really want to get involved in the trenches. Um, if he's wanting to do that, then that bodes really well for him uh, in his career. All right, number six, kind of going back to some of the commitments that we uh, haven't, well, you and I haven't been able to discuss. Right. Uh, this one a little bit more in depth. How did Chris Jackson win the Parker Livingstone recruitment? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. That's an interesting question. Um, I, don't, I don't know if Chris Jackson was the one that won it, ultimately, to be honest with you. I understand that's his position. I understand that's, you know, his, his player on his list. Um, but Steve Sarkeesian was very involved in this before Chris Jackson was ever hired. And so in this particular recruitment, I think Jackson was great. Don't get me wrong. Parker, Parker loves Coach Jackson. The, the, the NFL pedigree is big. He's got this new mature kind of he's trying this college game thing out. And, 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 and I think kids are really receptive to it because he has a lot of things to offer these kids on the field and off the field. And so the more kids get to know him, I feel like the more they're opening up and, and, and you're seeing that a little bit more. But with Livingstone, I don't necessarily know if Jackson necessarily won it or as much as it was the, um, a Johnny Allstaff because Sark, Sark was on this from the start. He built a great relationship. You know, this is pre-Brennan Marion. And so at the end of the day, I, I, I don't know if, if Jackson necessarily gets the credit. I get it. He's a receiver, and Jackson had a lot to do with it. But I think this was more of a team effort from Sark and from, from, from Jackson. Yeah, that probably makes a lot of sense, probably help him get over the hump because, you know, I, I know Shane Beamer, and I forget the name of the South Carolina. Um, Justin Stepp. Justin Stepp. Those are two guys who've done really well in that part of the country. And, hey, they got Parker on to an official visit. So um, they, they were in that recruitment. They were probably the second-place team in that recruitment, I think, as it ended up. 
Yeah. Uh, so, but but Steve Sarkeesian put in the effort, and Chris Jackson sounds like he did what he needed to do. But makes sense what you're saying. Um, number seven, we'll go one more recruiting question. Well, maybe one of two more recruiting questions. Texas has two IMG Academy kids committed right now. One's Jarrett Gibson, the running back. One is Jordan Johnson Rebel, the safety. They're after several others. So how many more kids from IMG do you think Texas gets? And so basically this question is, do you think they get Jaden Jackson or TJ Lindsay or Jaden Jackson and TJ Lindsay, one or the other, none? What do you think? They're going to get one of those guys. They're going to go into, into Bradenton, Florida and grab three IMG players. Joe, when's the last, who's the last player Texas got out of IMG? It was had to have been AO Deli Deli. Deli. And then before him, it was, or I guess it'd be after him. Maybe it was the same class, Josh Moore, but that doesn't even really count because he left and Malik Josh Moore does not count on anything. Malik Muhammad doesn't count either because Malik Muhammad went back to South Oak Cliff. So it's been a while. They've tried, but it's been a while. It's Delhi. The fact that Texas is planting a flag at the IMG Academy is one of the, 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 the coolest. Uh, byproducts of this 2024 class so far for this recruiting cycle. They've already gone in there and get two. Are they going to get two more? I'm not sure, but I do feel really good that they'll get one more, that they can pull three kids out of IMG in one cycle. And listen, so we learned from Jordan Johnson Rebel, all those guys talk to each other. They're all talking to, to each other. He's roommates with Ellis Robinson, a Georgia commit. They're already teasing each other. So there's a lot of camaraderie there. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Texas hits the hat trick at IMG. That'd be something, man. I used to think I used to think IMG was, was kind of like a boogeyman. I think a lot of Texas high school football coaches may think that too. But yeah. when you're in the college football coaching uh, talent pursuit industry, I guess to say you go where the talent is, and that's where what's what's at IMG. Doesn't seem like they've grabbed as many Texas kids as they have in the past, but. Uh, that's a conversation for another time. Of um, note, too, of note, too, with IMG, there's something I've noticed with, and, and this was with Jordan Johnson Rebel. Oh, yeah. Those kids are a different kind of ready for college. More often than not, they're so prepared that college coaches see that and they know I'm not, I don't have as much of a risk with this kid because he's left home already. He, he's he's done the self discipline thing. He's he's left the mother and father, you know, the comfort zone and became his own person. I've noticed that with Jordan Johnson rebel. And if I'm a college coach, that's very enticing. One safety that comes from say a small Texas town to another that's gone across the country to basically better himself and, and do a, uh, a military school style because it's super disciplined there. Yeah. To me, I'm starting to see why, why coaches are so big. It's because those are kids are so mentally strong. And they're so much more prepared to go into college to understand time management, self-discipline, you know, to, 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 you know, make those right decisions. I think that's why IMG kids are, you're seeing that as an advantage coaches that that's something you've got to have. Yeah. And I, I think you also see that reflected in the kids that don't last at IMG, but that's not oh, to, yeah. to dig, to dig dirt on anybody, especially not Malik Muhammad because I mean, he wasn't there. It, not every case is the same, but Malik Muhammad, he went back to South Oak Cliff and helped them win state championships and was one of the key people. He just wanted to come team. back home. Jaden right. Hardy was homesick. Sometimes right. it has nothing to do with what's going on at IMG. It's 
hey, man, the, the heart, what's what the heart wants, sometimes they want to come back home. Perfect. All right, we'll jump back into a little bit of Big 12 stuff at the end. Who do you think right now will be the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year? Quinn Ewers. I think he's going to have the numbers. I think it's going to be the production and the numbers. And I think that this conference isn't as top to bottom. There's not as many. There's not a Bijan Robinson. There's not a Deuce Vaughn. There's not a um, there, there's not a Max Duggan, so to speak. Which I don't think there was a Max Duggan when we were talking about this last year at this time. Um, but you get my point. Some of those guys are gone, and so I think it's Quinn Ewers' time. It's his time to shine. And I think he's put he Sark's putting him in the position. Listen, he's put a lot of bullets in his chamber. Now he just gets to sit back and watch target practice. See, I'll give you one. My Texas pick, I think it's Xavier Worthy because I think we may see a little bit of kind of what happened with the same dynamic, not the same level of play, but the same dynamic with Devonta Smith and Mac Jones where Devonta Smith did all these different things and he was able to stay healthy and uh, was able to reap the benefits. And so I, I think that, um, Xavier Worthy will be able to if, if it's a Texas player it'll probably be Xavier Worthy if it's not a Texas player I'm going to say Will Howard I know that he lost some of his weapons especially Deuce Vaughn and especially Malik Knowles who man that would have been a great guy to see in a Texas uniform uh, but I think that Kansas State if they had Will Howard instead of Adrian Martinez for a number of games it might be a playoff team and I think that, unfortunately, Colin Klein and Chris Kleiman came to that realization too late. Uh, so if it's not Xavier Worthy, I'm going to say Will Howard. Um, I like the Jalen Daniels hype, but he hasn't been Daniels. as durable as needed. To Daniels be. is going to have nice numbers, Joe. He will. He'll have running and, and passing right. numbers. He's got a good run. They've got skill talent. Like, that's the uh, thing. And they've got a system. Good. So it's going to be – that's uh, that's a game that you're probably happy uh, is at home this year, but we've seen that doesn't always mean a whole lot. All right, next one, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Who's your pick? Oh, oh, you caught me slipping. You go with yours first. I'll fire off next. It's hard not to think it's going to be Jalen Ford. Um, I don't know maybe enough about some of the other defensive players around the conference as, as much as I would like to. Um you know, last year, I forgot who I picked uh, in the preseason. I may not have even filled out a poll in the preseason. But, it, you know, it, Jalen Ford's not going to take a step back. You know, he had that 0 for game versus ULM. Um, he may not have the same statistical prowess, but he's going to be around the ball all the time. He's going to know where to be all the time. I know, hey, it's on Texas football. We're talking Texas football. We pay attention to Texas football but I can't really think of anybody around the league or even among the four newcomers um, to where I'm thinking, yeah, it's going to be him. Maybe it's Colin Oliver at Oklahoma State, but that's a team that doesn't have much surrounding him right now, and they're going through a new D.C. change, and they're going through what seems like culture problems. So at this point, I'm going to go ahead and say um, it's going to be Jalen Ford. The easy answer is Jalen Ford. That's the easy answer. But they didn't do it right last year. And I don't know if I have a lot of faith in them doing it right this year. Because last year, obviously, Felix, somewhat deserving. I get it. 
But then I don't get it because I look at the numbers and I look at the plays. He had everything top to bottom. Jalen Ford better limp to this thing if he has to because I don't care what his numbers look like. He was top to bottom the best linebacker in the conference last year, one of the best defensive players in the conference. This year he's the top returning linebacker in the conference. I don't see that slipping. Jalen Ford's the easy answer. I just don't trust these coaches. I don't I don't trust the system and, and that names the defensive player of the year. I'm still a little struck. I'm, I'm still a little stuck from last year. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, but we'll see. Uh, you got a lot of it's going to depend on who's next to him since it's not DeMarvin Overshone anymore. I think that's a huge factor, yeah. uh, but that that's probably one of the things that we're going to watch most in camp. All right, question 10. It's kind of the recurring question, and uh, <laughs> I don't, can't remember if we've been on or off last week. Over under on commits until we next record, and I'm setting it at two. I think we've got four or so decisions that we're tracking, three if not four. So I'm setting it at two. You going over or under? Over. Okay. I'll go over. And, and thank you for not going to half because <laughs> I am not good when it comes to half of a recruit. And so I, <laughs> I'm going over this time. I feel good about over. So the decisions that we're tracking today is uh, July 6th. Uh, obviously, we are going to be looking at Aaron Hampton, who commits uh, tomorrow afternoon, July 7th. Um, I believe Malik Blockton uh, is on July 8th. I'm trying to fill a little air till I get to your article. There we go. Um, Malik Blockton, July 8th. Melvin Hills at a Lafayette Christian, July 12th. Um, and then we're kind of tracking the IMG guys. Uh, those, those players um, are set to return to IMG, I believe, on July 20th, so two weeks from today. Um, a lot of them may want to get their decision out of the way. There's also, you know, we're still keeping an eye on all the different high-profile targets in Texas, whether it be Corey and Gibson, <clears throat> Kobe Black, Colin Simmons, even Micah Hudson. You know, we're keeping our eyes on all those guys and seeing – uh, if Texas ends up being the choice for them. So, all right, you're going over to, I like that, uh, until yeah. July 13th. I think we can get that done. And, hey, Justin, next time I see you, maybe next time we're recording, we'll be in Arlington. Bobby Burton will be there. I think we'll have all the equipment set up. We'll be able to be live on, on the uh, Jerry World turf and should be able to bring a lot of good stuff. How uh, weird is it? How weird is it? Texas on day one. I'm not used I'm, to this. I'm happy. I'm ecstatic. <laughs> we don't have to sit through the first day anymore as much. Granted, Ian and I'll be there for day two. Lots of coverage, lots of content. But Texas on the first day, I've done this for 10 years. That's never happened before. Showing us out the door nicely. So, all right, Justin, <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for another edition of 10 questions. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel. As always, check out Inside Texas. And hey, we even made the jump to the new social media. We're on threads. Go to Inside Texas there. We'll be posting there. So for Justin Wells, I'm Joe Cook. Thank you to our producer, Matthew Hutchinson. We'll see you next time on On Texas Football.